0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is The Wealth Puzzle with your host, Mike Mansfield, and always the other host, Tony Shore. Tony, always a pleasure to have you, my friend.
0: Oh, thanks, Mike. You know, nice. I'm, I'm
1: glad you're here today because today we're going to be talking about the Federal Reserve and I know how you get fired up every time the Federal Reserve comes up in all of our conversations. And so this do. will be pure joy, pure excitement for you.
0: Yeah, I get I, I sometimes I get fed up with Fed up. Fed. Ooh. Uh, I love uh, a good
1: play on words.
0: Uh but the Fed's the Fed took the interest rates down, so maybe I should call it fed down.
1: Yeah. You get fed right. down. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, the Fed can bring us down, uh, trust me, uh, but uh, oh. they seem, they like to monkey with it, don't they?
1: Well, you know, the mystery of the Fed, right? You know, it's kind of funny, um, you know, prior to 2008, the Fed was always in the limelight. They were always, I always jokingly described them. Do you do you, do you remember the, you kids aren't young anymore, do you remember the movie um, Mary Poppins?
0: Oh, of course.
1: But like the, the bankers in the back room, like these oh, like 100 yeah. year old guys, you know? Yep. That's kind of how I've always thought of the Federal Reserve yeah, in my mind.
0: Yeah. Yep. And my buddy Alan Greenspan.
1: There you go. he would be the ringleader. Yeah. The um, But they used to be in the limelight. They used to just kind of be behind the scenes, quietly making decisions. And the whole goal of the Fed was kind of like putting the governor on your kid's go-kart, you know, so that you could regulate the speed of it. Um, We don't go too fast. You know, obviously you can come to a stop, but... The idea here is, is the Fed was subtly making these policy decisions using monetary policy. And so now all of a sudden what you have is you have a Fed that has come to the forefront. They're in the spotlight. These guys, man, they're front page news all the time. They're hanging out with the president almost in the headlines talking about things. It's Things have changed with the Fed. And it's tough because... The Fed is supposed to be this independent, private, quiet policy decision-making party. And you start to question that all of a sudden. I mean, heck, this year, and we've talked about this stuff before, Tony. I mean, this isn't the first time. But you go back to the second quarter Fed, Fed Reserve meeting that they had, the board meeting. It was probably somewhere around June 20th. And President Powell comes out and he basically says, Hey everybody, I just wanna quell the media, quell the news, let everybody know that we are solely one hundred percent data dependent. Now, Tony, what does data dependent mean to you?
0: Well, I I really don't. I would assume it they're dependent on the data and the information they get on where the economy's at.
1: Right.
0: The reporting, right. whatever That's figures exactly are recorded to them, they have to rely on that.
1: Right, they're given numbers on a piece of paper and based on their, we'll say economics background, is this number good or is this number bad? And based on that would then dictate the possibilities of a rate increase, a rate remaining the same or a rate decrease, right? So that happened June 20th and they said, somewhere around there, don't hold me to that date, but it's right there somewhere. And a week later, second quarter GDP comes out at the end of June, second quarter GDP comes in at like 2.1%. Now we had a first quarter GDP of like 3.2%. So you average those two numbers together and we're somewhere at like, you know, 2.6 averaging so far this year. And the fed in the beginning of the year had said, Tony, Hey, if we just get a consensus GDP of 1.4%, we won't raise or lower rates. Okay. Well, GDP is tracking higher. And to be fair, From June 20th, when they had that meeting and said, we are solely 100% data dependent. All the way until the end of September, where they had their first rate cut. All the economic data, Tony, was very reasonable. Now, isn't that kind of surprising? Because you're like, wait a second. I'm solely data dependent. All data I've seen for the last five weeks is very reasonable. Let's cut rates because the economy is weak and everything is scary. Now, what's funny is when he cut rates, he comes in on, you know, and he's in the headlines and he's right there in the spotlight and the president talks about, not the president of the United States, the president of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, um, he talks about uncertainty. Well, there's some trade war uncertainty and some economic uncertainty. Now, that's confusing to yeah. me, maybe not to other people, but data dependency does not then incorporate uncertainty the, I don't know what's going to happen with a trade war down the road. Therefore, because that's not, that's not data specific information. That's hypothesizing information. And so, you know, we have these very, you know, contrarian views on what is said and what is happening. And to be fair, we fast forward, we're here in the fall now and what's happened. We've had three rate cuts. Now, the rate cut we recently had, Tony, which brings the Fed funds rate down to, they, they always put them in a range. And so the the Fed funds range is now 1.5% to 1.75%. So it came down a quarter point. This is the third time. They really implied that this should be the last one, barring some major economic changes. And I mean, even this morning, I read a headline where one of the Federal Reserve Board's guys said, hey, you know what? We shouldn't have... Um, a rate increase until we at least have consistent, you know, 2% GDP or not GDP um, inflation. So I don't know, man, it's just kooky pants. <laughs> now, granted, it sounds
0: like there's a lot of speculation along with the hard data that they require.
1: Well, it's funny. Uh, we're data dependent, but everything we make a decision on is uncertainty. Um, look, for all of our listeners, if you're uncertain about your retirement plans, if this stuff weirds you out and confuses you, it should Because it's kooky, it's a little crazy. And if you don't have a proper written retirement income plan, if you don't know where your income is coming from, your cash flow, your tax liability, your legacy planning, if you haven't figured out how to maximize social security and all of these things, you got to give us a call. This is why Tony and I do this show, but that's what my focus is, is I'm a retirement income planner. That is my sole focus for my clients, financial planning for retirement income give me a call 805-500-7035 that's 805-500-7035 also i would ask everybody to please rate the uh, the podcast oh, yeah. you know if you listen to the show you know if you go in and rate it and put in a few words of what you think you think we're crazy you think we're nice whatever it is let people know cuz that will help our ratings that will help us improve the show and all of that stuff and always reach out to our website. If you have questions about the show, things you want us to talk about, things you're thinking about that are a concern, reach out to us. You can visit our, my main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. And uh, let's uh, let's see how we can help you out. But anyways, all right, quiz okay. question, Tony. Quarter point fed funds rate cut. Is that good or bad for the consumer?
0: It depends. It's It's good for the consumer uh, if they're buying a home or a car or taking out a loan.
1: Are you reading off of my piece of paper here? Jeez Louise, man. But you kind of hit it in concept on the head is low rates are good and bad, right? Right. They're good for like the young folk, you know, the the people that are still growing their lives and they've got to buy a car and they've got to buy a house and they've got to buy things and, you know, they've got credit debt or student loans or whatever the thing was. But on the opposite side of the coin, this gets very painful for the retirees, the consumers that are conservative, that are, you know, trying to manage cash positions and CDs. See, we just finally, you know. In the beginning of the year, it seemed like started to get finally get bumps in CD rates and savings account rates, and all of a sudden that stuff's yeah, crashing now back, down. back down. Yeah, it's going back down. You know, ah, oh, it's just painful. And now we're now we're going to be hey, back look, in the one one
0: one one and a half percent rate on CDs, yeah. which is basically nothing. It doesn't yeah. even keep up with inflation.
1: Yeah. Right, and you know what's funny is banks. And insurance companies aren't dumb. And I was reading this thing on moneyrates.com that was saying that in anticipation of an economic slowdown. Because remember, you have to decipher what the whole point of a federal funds rate cut is. See, does anyone remember Econ 101 back in college? You know, when am I ever going to use this information stuff? (laughs) Right. Why would I ever use this information? The, The whole point of cutting a rate is the Federal Reserve is basically saying, hey, things are softening in the economy, and if we make money cheaper to borrow, we might be able to create some economic stimulation and keep the economy going. So they lower rates when things don't look good. Now, that's ironic because, once again, economic data is very solid in the United States. The reason they cut the rates was what they called uncertainty. Which is speculation. Um, But to that point, the banks and everybody say, well, the Fed's cut rates. That means that the economy is slowing down because that's what we learned in Econ 101. And so what happens is lenders, they're actually less inclined to lend money at cheaper rates. And they might inherently just charge higher interest rates on it anyways, even though they don't have to because they're looking at it from their own economic slowdown. Well, if the feds think the economy is slowing down, I don't want to borrow all this money on the cheap. I might need to save it for my own survival or something like that. So it doesn't necessarily always hurt people in this very pure, Hey, the reds, the feds cut rates. Therefore everybody else's rates on favorable things like loans and mortgages and cars and stuff like that are automatically cheaper. Um, and it's tough, it tough because what happens well, and like you said, saving rates are yep. gonna go down, we're gonna lose buying power based on inflation, all that kind of stuff. This is not good for savers and borrowers.
0: Which is everyone uh, planning let's see, for here retirement, most adults.
1: I know I know. This is why this stuff is crazy. I mean, you don't want you don't want the Fed to cut rates. I you know, <laughs> I'm going to get all fired up here yeah. again, Tony. I'm Unless like, you're buying a house, you don't
0: want the Fed to cut, cut rates.
1: Without like really strong, strong, strong probable cause, you know, I mean, if we suddenly started to have bad economic data, you know, a lot more people are moving on to the unemployment claims. The unemployment number is creeping up. Um, all of those things start to really manifest. Then you say, okay, wait, what's going on here? What do we need to do? But. Right now, I mean, heck! The in the same week that they cut rates, the unemployment rate ticked down to three point five percent, like pretty much the lowest it's ever been. You had five states on the East Coast hit all time since the beginning of the nation lowest employment, you know, unemployment rates. You know, things are still moving down. The jobs number that came out last week. Of you know, last Friday you know they were anticipating. Gosh, don't hold me to the numbers. They were anticipating like ninety-eight thousand jobs created, and they got like a hundred and forty-five thousand yeah, jobs.
0: Numbers have been what's great. going on
1: here? I thought we were all doom and gloom, and it was all over. So it's tough. Now, granted, what's funny is this stuff doesn't impact. Like for example, you do a quarter point decrease on a credit card that averages seventeen and a half percent. Good news, everyone. The government just saved you a dollar a month.
0: Wow. Yeah, wow, that's the average
1: interest savings from the do spend it rate all in one place on credit cards. Well, you know, just take it easy. Go <laughs> slow. You know, absolutely. <laughs> you know, you're better off with credit cards, you know, trying to do like zero interest balance transfers or something like that, because the interest rates are still bonker, stupid, crazy. Um, you had on CDs, right? We had all of a sudden they were accelerating. They were getting kind of high. Um, the highest yielding accounts we had seen like on online banks, somewhere like two and a quarter percent, up from like point one percent back in 2015. So those had come up a lot, but those are going back down, my friends. You know, it's funny as you do the math. You say, let's say you had ten grand in savings, Tony, and you had an annual yield of two point two five percent in one of these online banks. You know, I could spout them all off, but I don't know if that's advertising them. I have no affinity to any of them. So you make 225 bucks a year in interest. Any idea with your 10 grand at 0.01% how much you're making or 0.1%? $10, $10. of interest a year. Yeah.
0: Woohoo! Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. But still, even though the online banks have hit this high watermark or they had before the, the rates started to come down with the feds. They say that only 70% of America, or more than 70% of Americans, still had less than 2% of interest in their accounts. And that's because a lot of people still use the big brick and mortar banks. I mean, I'm guilty of that. You know, the Bank of America's, the Wells Fargo's, the Chase's, they pay a lot less interest because they have a lot more overhead expenses. So if you're really chasing bank yield, then uh, you probably need to go online.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's you know. crazy with low interest rates. Uh, It can get, it's frustrating because of your savings and trying to grow your money for retirement. Uh, It just slows down that process typically.
1: Well, well, and you know, this stuff's all going back down. If they keep cutting rates, this stuff keeps going back down. It's horrific. Once again, a Fed rate cut is not good for a saver.
0: Nope, never.
1: Don't do it. Now on the plus side, typically now what's funny is the fed funds rate is not directly linked to mortgages. I think there's a common misconception there where they are. The fed funds rate or excuse me, mortgages are are more associated with like the economy, um, inflation and then directly linked and pegged to us treasuries. Now, granted us treasuries are kind of a leading indicator sometimes of where the feds going. And so, uh, mortgages, I mean, they're back down under 4% again. You know, it's funny. I had a, someone come in not that long ago and I look at their mortgage statement because as a financial planner, you don't just take people's money, Tony. You help them with all aspects right. of their life. Do they need help with a budget? Do they need help dealing with their kids? Do they need help managing their expenses? Hence, you know, how what's going on with their mortgage and their car insurance and all of this stuff. So we look at all this stuff here at the Lynn Group. And so they bring in their mortgage statement. I look at this mortgage statement. And they're on a, they, have a, they have a variable rate loan. It's still in a locked period. And in three years, I think it was 2022 or 23, it goes to the variable range. And so it started at 3.875% and then it'll go variable. And you know, once again, if interest rates were low, then that's good. But if they go up, that's a risk for a retiree on a fixed income. So we had that person go refinance their loan just last month. They got a 30 year fixed at 3.75%. How cool is that? They got a lower rate and it's fixed forever. No risk, no drama, no hassle, no what ifs. I thought that that was very cool. So there's a lot of those scenarios where they'd got this, this loan a number of years ago when interest rates were higher. And so you could get that upfront interest rate a little lower on a variable rate because the, you know, the lender is hoping later in life, they're able to get you for a few extra shekels on the back end. So, Hey, Hey, It's something to think about, right? You got to look at this stuff. You know, what are we paying for things? We got to be cost efficient. You know, I always joke when we talk about budgeting with people that I don't want to take something away from you that you love. Tony, if you love to eat pizza at lunch every single day, I don't want you to cut back on your pizza budget. But if you're overpaying for your cable television and you could pay less and get the same exact amount of joy out of it, then there's some value there. You know, if you can save money on your car insurance, save money on some kind of extraordinary bill where you get no love, no passion, no excitement out of paying less for it. I don't want to take away your your lobster lunch if that's the one thing that you just truly wake up for every single day. You know, so all of these things, your mortgages, your insurances, all this stuff needs to be constantly reevaluated. Uh, nothing to do with today's show but <laughs> it's
0: true though expenditures can add up and with low interest rates uh, you know we need to we need to yeah. watch that uh, and save more money in other ways if we can't uh, grow it as much as we'd like but there are ways there are vehicles and ways and investments where you can still find some growth uh, which is good but you have to yeah. be careful when the in- fed's monkeying around with the interest rates uh, I am surprised with the economy doing as well as far as the figures. The data shows one thing and then the Fed does another. It's a bit, like you said, it's very odd. <laughs>
1: well, it'll be interesting to see how history uh, plays out because, you know, it's fa- a fascinating statistic is when the Federal Reserve does a rate cut in a non-recession time period, which it did, and they haven't done that a lot in the history of our country. On average, statistically, the stock market is up 16% 12 months later. So, you know, it's kind of like doing steroids, man. We're juicing the system. This is awesome. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, if history repeats itself. Um, Granted, the stock market's back to all-time highs. The market's higher than where it was when the Fed started cutting rates. So it's working in the moment.
0: Yeah, and so it is interesting though to see where we head from here because it's what you you know, I think the point is all the speculation says something else, uh but the hard data right. indicators right now are good. So uh, it is interesting. Why don't we let our listeners know uh how they can get a hold of you and set up that complimentary consultation to make sure that they have a plan in place to deal with this?
1: Absolutely, and it, that's a, such an important piece of this, Tony, is having the plan, having the process. Um, I, you know, Every once in a while I bring up the statistic, the Transamerica Retirement Studies Institute, who uh, researches retiree issues, they do a survey every year, and they always come up with a, it's a very comparable number, but less than 14% of retirees have any type of written formal retirement income plan in place. Everybody has money, everybody has accounts, everybody has stuff. They have no stinking clue how to use it. They have no idea how to organize it. They don't understand their tax liability. They don't understand the process of drawing out money to create income. They don't understand how to take risk in retirement. It's a train wreck. Now, once again, financial planners. We have a very bad habit, Tony, of loving to just take people's money and buy stocks and do things with it and say, oh, we'll worry about your income later. You know, it's funny. I met someone recently and I'm getting to my phone number. Good golly. This is I'm taking the the long path here. I met someone earlier this year and they had kind of a very, we'll say, screwy retirement plan in place because they had no written formal process. Their advisor just had sold them a bunch of accounts and they had said they had asked their advisor, well. What happens if I run out of money? And it's kind of a funny question because to me, if you had a written, if they had the written formal plan in place, they would understand the projections and the likelihood of them running out of money, which was unlikely. And their advisor's response was, well, if you run out of money, we'll just, we'll take a reverse mortgage out on your house. And I thought, uh, how, how, what a cop out that was, you know, you're, you're supposed to be helping people instill confidence. See with me, I would have said, well, hang on a second. That's not the question. The question is what is the likelihood that I could run out of money? And I would have shown them that it was very low and X, Y, Z reasons why it was probably very unlikely to give them some peace of mind instead of like, well, if you're screwed, eh, you know, we'll cash in the house and maybe you can last a little longer. Um, I didn't love that. So anyways, if you don't have a proper retirement income plan, give me a call. 805-500-7035. This is Mike Mansfield. I'm the, the owner of the Lind Group. We're a retirement income planning firm. We specialize in wealth management. We help you maximize social security. We help you with your taxes. We do estate planning. We've got it all covered here so that you can have a comprehensive retirement plan. So, hey, love all of our listeners Tony, as always, love you being on the show, my friend. To uh, make it sound at least relevant and smart <laughs> and all of that fun stuff, you know, someone someone's got to bring some credibility to this.
0: Well, yeah, and, well uh, that's you. Uh, you know, that would not be me. That would not oh, be me. Bro, no, you're but the I, man. Think you're the man I think it's. I think it's been a great episode. We should probably wrap it up. Why don't you give the phone number one more time?
1: Right. So give us a call. 805-500-7035. 805-500-7035. Visit our main website, thelyndgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. And remember, please rate our show here. Please uh, make a comment. We would really appreciate that. Heck, if you got some free time, you can talk about us on Yelp, and Facebook and all those fun places. And uh, we'll be back at the same time, same place next week. Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805 500 7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com.